Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning as we finish up 2 Corinthians. We've been walking through 2 Corinthians for a little while. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I, I've enjoyed it. It's um, been the book of the Bible that I've honestly not spent a ton of time with up until this point. I've always really focused on 1 Corinthians and then focused on a lot of Paul's other letters, Corinthians, Colossians, things such as that. But uh, I've really enjoyed spending some time with 2 Corinthians. It's really, um, it's really been fun. Uh, there's some stuff I knew, but some other stuff really was fun to dig into and think a little bit more about. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, <clears throat> what we're going to do starting tomorrow is I want to kind of alternate to old, new, old, new. We just finished new. So now I want to go to the Old Testament, and um, we're going to look at Habakkuk. Habakkuk is one of my favorite of the Old Testament prophets. Um, we know a fair amount about what they call the major prophets in the Old Testament, but not a lot of the minor prophets. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow, what Habakkuk is, where it fits into this canon of Scripture. But um, that's where we're going to be tomorrow morning. So tomorrow we'll, we'll spend some time unpacking what the prophets are and who they are, and then we'll dig into Habakkuk following that. So um, I, hope you'll, I hope you'll join me uh, through video or through podcast for our uh, time with Habakkuk. So, uh, but today we're going to finish up 2 Corinthians. We have three verses, uh, short, a little time today. We may, uh, <laughs> like I tell Wednesday night sometimes, we might get done a little early today. So we'll see. But um, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 11 through 13. <clears throat> Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. I agree with one another. Live in peace and let the God of love and peace be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I want to say amen because that's the benediction I give nearly every time that I do a benediction in the service. My my pastor growing up, Brother Bill Poole, he used that as a benediction. So this is the benediction that I use nearly for every service. If I ever do a, do a benediction, that's the one that I'm pretty much going to do. So I just, I've always loved that. That's that's a, a reading and a quote that just really resonates deep in my heart because I just love that. I love that admonition at the end. Paul's letters usually end with very practical advice across the board. They're pretty much <clears throat> the last few chapters, last few verses of any Pauline epistle is going to just leave you with some pretty practical things. Um, farewell. Put things in order. In other words, make sure we're doing it right. You know, I'm coming. Paul, say, remember, he, he talks about how he's coming to collect this offering. So you, you've got your marching orders. Uh, Paul tells them, you know what to do. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what's expected of you. So put things in order. Listen to my appeal. In other words, you've heard what I would like for you to do. So I hope you hear it. I hope you have heard what I would like for you to do. I agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of peace be with you. Um, as we've said many times in Corinth, this town has a lot of conflict. Conflict is pretty, pretty rife in the town of Corinth. Um, from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the very first thing we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is this notion of the conflict in the church about who their favorite preacher is. We see conflict all throughout 1 Corinthians regarding preachers and leaders, regarding spiritual gifts, regarding communion. We see that all throughout 1 Corinthians. And then 2 Corinthians, we see much the same. We see, we see conflict over what the role of an apostle is. We see conflict over Paul's role. We see conflict over taking up money for um, those that are in, in poor. We see Paul constantly defending his ministry. 
we see so much conflict in Corinth. So what does Paul finally end with? Live in peace. And the God of love and peace be with you. Now, peace, y'all, peace is not always the absence of conflict because I think we all know situations where there's conflict, there are disagreements, there's things that people don't agree on. And you can push that conflict down and push that lack of agreement down to where it's underneath the surface. And to the general onlooker, there may appear to be a sense of peace. I don't think that's what Paul's asking people to do, is to push down their conflict and to not, and, and to basically lie about it or pretend like it's not there. That's that's not peace. The peace is this notion, and I think we see, we see here, the God of love and peace will be with you. Peace is not necessarily the absence of conflict. Peace is kind of an inward to outward thing. If I have peace in my life because I'm walking with Jesus, if I have peace because of the security and the comfort that Jesus has in my life, then I can have, I'm more likely to have peace with you because of that. So often in our lives, there's lack of peace with other people. There's lack of peace in systems we're part of, be it family systems, be it church systems, be it work systems, be it community systems. And a system is basically a group of people. So any group of people is a system. A family would be a system. A wife, a, sp a spouse, and a child is a system. Parents and a child are a system. A workplace environment, that's a system because there's people that make it up. A, a church is a system because there's people that make it up. Systems can have conflict. Systems can have unhealth. Systems can have these problems. And so often, instead of dealing with the unhealth or the conflict of the system in a healthy way, we either ignore it, or we allow it to get personal, or we allow the conflict to bleed over into the system itself. And so sometimes unhealthy people can make a system unhealthy, and frankly, sometimes an unhealthy system can make people unhealthy. So continuing just to deal with the unhealth of a system, continuing to deal with the unhealth within ourselves, frankly, doesn't bring peace. But honestly, that unhealth will sometimes make things a lot worse. So Paul here is calling us to living in peace. And I think living in peace sometimes means living in health. And by health, I mean, I mean being at peace with yourself and at peace with others. I can't be at peace with you as an individual. You and I can't have a peaceful relationship, frankly, if I'm not at peace with myself. If I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to convict me of sin, to push me to further righteousness, to, to convict me of where I'm falling short, to convict me of where my broken relationships are, if I'm not allowing the Spirit to bring forth peace or health in my life, it's going to be very difficult for me to be at peace or in health with you. So Paul here is saying, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. So Paul's word for us here is to live at peace with each other. Uh, I love what he says in, in Romans. In Romans he says, and as much as it depends upon you, seek to live in peace with one another. In other words, ultimately, we can't always be at peace with each other. That's not always possible. There's sometimes it's just not possible to be at peace with everybody. But Paul says, in as much as it depends upon you, seek to live in peace with each other. So frankly, and I've learned this, it's a hard lesson to learn. It's one of these lessons that you really only learn by banging your head against a wall. 
Not every relationship is going to always be able to be healed. Not everything is going to always be able to be perfect. That's just life. It is. So Paul said, inasmuch as it depends upon you, seek to live in peace with each other. So in the areas of my life where I've caused conflict or the areas of my life where I've caused unhealth, I, I try my best to make things right. I try my, my best to bring forth health and healing and hope and peace and knowing that that's not always possible. There are some things I've broken that can't be fixed. There's other things people have broken that can't be fixed. There's some people that can't ever get back on the same page again, and that's tragic and awful. But that's why Paul said, and as much as it depends upon you, seek to live in peace with each other. So as, as much as it depends upon me, I want to do everything in my power to live in peace with you, with other people. As much as it depends upon you, you should try to live in peace with each other, while knowing ultimately you have no, you have no ability to determine what someone else is going to do. You can't control if someone accepts your apology or not. You can't control if someone seeks to find peace and health in the system. You can't control that. All you can control is your response. All you can control is what you do. That's it. So Paul says here, live in peace. And that is our hope. That is our desire. That's what we try to choose each day is to live in peace. So I hope that today, no matter where you find yourself, um, you're living in peace. Living in peace with yourself living in peace with other people. So um, thanks. Thanks for being part of this 2 Corinthians journey with us. We've uh, I've enjoyed uh, being in 2 Corinthians with you. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, doing it. But uh, starting tomorrow morning, we're going to be in one of my favorite... Well, tomorrow morning, we'll talk about who the minor prophets are and what that means. And then uh, the next day, we'll start with Habakkuk. So I look forward to journeying with you and Habakkuk in the days to come. Thanks for being part of this. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thanks. Thanks.